beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. My husband, Yaku, was instrumental in me starting Meet Me in the Field. And he is also not only my biggest fan, but also my biggest critic. If you have not heard our chats yet, please listen to the episodes called Introduction and The Husband. Because he is both fan and critic, and a devout scientist, I enjoyed talking to him to get his feedback on the podcast and to hear if Meet Me in the Field is making some form of spiritual impact on him. Today's episode is another one of those conversations. We get a bit personal at some stage about what went on in our lives a while ago, but I kept that conversation as part of the podcast, as I believe it tells you a bit more about not only who we are as people, but also how we connect and deal with different situations, coming from such different spiritual places. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There is also a 24-day step coaching and counselling program available, based on the first layer. For some information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Enjoy this chat. I know I did. Herr Professor, we meet again. <laughs> For you, the podcast is over. <laughs> For you, it has just begun. <laughs> are you doing? I'm fine. Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, emotional. Why are you fine? What's wrong? I'm having a good time. I am teaching, but not too much. So you say you are actually well. So, since the last time we spoke, which was, well, it was posted on 30 November. Can you believe it? It's three months, nearly three and a half months ago. Almost impossible to believe. Was it that long ago? There you Let's go. See, browsing the web, 30 November. And when was your first podcast? 2017, September, 14 September. Middle of September. So you've been going for six months now. And this is our, I've got no idea what episode it says. 26 or somewhere around there, yeah. Wow. This is amazing. I am very, very proud of you. I think it's quite an accomplishment to have so many podcasts so regularly. You've worked really, really hard. It's a beautiful collection. Thank you very much. It is hard work, but I am enjoying it. So, Yaku, in the three months since last we spoke. Yes. Any thoughts on Meet Me in the Field? Has your vision or, or has your take on it changed? Anything that struck you as particularly good, particularly bad, particularly interesting? Well, I have to be diplomatic. I'll be a little more diplomatic this time than last time. <laughs> you don't have to be. I think people appreciate the fact that um, you're not diplomatic. But I still don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Ah, now you can't attack my guests. Well... That- <laughs> Can't or shouldn't? <laughs> well, you can, but you shouldn't. I will. Even if you do, I'm going to edit it out. Okay, so I'm just looking through the list. We didn't look through the list last time. And no. in fact, if I just look through the whole of the list, 
I think, firstly, you've been remarkably consistent. The theme has stayed roughly the same, which is good and bad, I guess. What do you mean, the theme as in spiritual journeys? Yes, the, the what you talk about with your guests and kind of things you ask them. And nobody wants to hear you drink coffee. I don't understand your problem with me drinking coffee. People who listen to podcasts do not like it to hear eating sounds. That's not just me. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear people um, regurgitate their food. I drink coffee while I talk to people. That is beautiful. You're allowed to do that. Nobody wants to hear it. Okay. But I find fascinating is, do you know how many people make before no. they talk? Really? Yeah. Do you know how difficult it is to edit that out the whole time? It makes it... You're doing it now repeatedly and it's not <laughs> going to help. It makes a perfect little straight line. Oh, well then it's easy to edit out. But have a uh, hundred in a podcast? Yes. Yeah, yeah, lots of work. And the amount of ums and ahs. Getting and, back oh. to what I was saying, your the the theme is... The theme is very stable, and I like that. It means that you had a clear idea from the start what you want, and you've stuck to it, which is good. Some of the podcasts I found a little more boring than others. So some people, even though they're wonderful to talk to in person, simply don't come across on the podcast as yeah. very lively. Or but That's the nature of humans. You will always have that. Yeah, absolutely, of course. It's the same as speaking on the phone. Some people don't have a fo phone voice, uh, but they're wonderful in person. They're mm. really nice to interact, interact with, but not record. <laughs> that's a mystery. Why would some people not record well? Maybe there's something you can't really capture, facial expressions or twinkle in the eye, <laughs> the way they, body language maybe. But... Some people, I there think, just generate more energy. Well, maybe. I don't believe in energy. But I'll... What do you mean you don't believe in energy? Uh, energy is a concept in physics. There are only certain kinds of energy. And the idea that people generate energy is deceptive. Should it be another word? Yes, it must. What would you call it? It's kind of social interaction. I don't know what the word is. So some people have a high level of life during social interaction and some people... Why are some of the people you interviewed dead? <laughs> no, According to you, I think you think some of them were dead. The feedback you gave me informally afterwards. <laughs> Look, I'm a, I, it's, it's nobody's fault and we're still... So often interesting to hear what they have to say but I'll, I'll just highlight the positive I found Gail's podcast really nice yeah I mean you had a really nice conversation it flowed she's obviously had an interesting life still having it I hope <laughs> and <laughs> she tells her life story interestingly and it was fascinating to hear about her spirituality and other, I'm so, I can recall a lot of what she said. I had to cut so much of that out. Oh my God, it was a nightmare to edit that thing. That is why I've asked you to retain the original recordings so that you can make some kind of best of 
scraps, you know, the, mm. the cutouts at some future point. And I haven't been doing that. And you haven't been doing that, but that's on you. That's fine. I'll say that. Uh, that Gail, I loved Gail's episode, but I also know Gail, so it's, I'm not a good judge of many of these uh, episodes because I often know the interview subject. So, What fascinates know. me is a lot of these people I know, and I know them quite well, mm -hmm. but doing the chat, I realize how little I know about them. Yes, it, it comes across that you, obviously, in the conversation, how surprised you are by some of the things <laughs> I say and sounded you are. Clearly, you never knew that Mr. X spent five months in Tibet, <laughs> tutored by monks, and you're clearly shocked. At Which specifically, yeah. in terms of the spiritual journey, was very important mm, in, yes. in that journey. And that is what I find the fascinating part of it, is that these are people whom we interact, whom I interact with on a regular basis, and I perceive that interaction to be at kind of nearly a deeper level than I have a lot of other interactions with other people. And suddenly you realize, but we just don't speak about yeah. spirituality. It says something about how we interact with people. The fact that I interact with someone now, but that is informed by a very long journey that they've had and that I have had. So in some sense, we're meeting on a road or two, uh, two roads that cross at some point, the intersection in our lives. And you don't always know where someone is coming from. It tells us something about judging people and how well we truly understand people. Don't you think it's cultural, the thing that we are taught is we don't speak about religion and politics? Not that spirituality is religion, but it falls in that category. I mean, it, it irritates me in a way that I have to, when I classify this podcast in most of the platforms that I have it posted, that religion and spirituality is one category and you can't change it. Yes. <laughs> you understand what, what I'm saying? Is well, I hear they, what you're saying. They're not the same thing. Well, maybe. Yes, it, it's a quite broad definition. It's a broad category. But... I don't think religion and spirituality are so far apart that they need separate classifications. You know, you can't have a category for every single topic. But what you say, something else you said I also don't agree with, and that is that I don't think there's a cultural taboo on speaking about religion and politics. People speak about politics all the time, firstly. So that's false, clearly. But it's not a taboo on speaking about religion. Because some people do, but I think part of the culture is that we don't ask people we meet about their spirituality. It's not a taboo, but it's just a cultural habit that it's not a topic people often discuss. Yeah. So it won't be, it's not forbidden, but it's not the done thing. Yeah, it's just not, And um, it's not good manners. Yeah, that's a cultural thing. You don't want to pry into people's yeah. private lives. But I think there are ways of of raising the topic that is not prying. Just as friends, you know, we don't ask our friends, tell me about your spirituality, which is odd. Yeah. It's an odd thing. And you probably don't tell, ask them to tell you, tell you about their politics because you already know you would have discussed their politics 
in the past? Or Not really. Well, some of our friends, I'll name names, James, we probably know a lot about his politics. Yeah, definitely. He was the, um, the altruist. He's um, a very um, political person. I mean, you and I hardly ever speak about politics. What's to speak about? <laughs> I have no idea what you voted in the last election. And you don't have to say it, but you understand what I say. It, it just... Oh, the last election I've I voted in was so long ago. I think I voted for Adam Lambert. And eventually he won <laughs> X Factor. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, he didn't. <laughs> you backed a loser. You're a loser. <laughs> I, Do you understand what I'm saying? Is I don't think that asking people how they vote is a good reflection of their politics. I would find it particularly boring. And I, even, I can't even recall how I voted myself. But asking people what they think about certain things. But our South African politics is a horrible mess. <laughs> so if I look at the people that I have spoken to over the past few months since we spoke last time, there's a vast, vast range of different belief systems and different takes on spirituality. Has your take on what spirituality is changed? Has it broadened? I am not sure. Firstly, I agree with you. There is a vast range of people you've interviewed. Let's analyze this scientifically. Some are your close friends, very close friends. Mm -hmm. Some are people that you, you barely know. So they're not all intimate acquaintances of yours. What they do is amazing. There's an amazing range. I mean, just looking at the list, obviously cat lady is not a profession, <laughs> but I know their professions and it's every walk of life, every profession, not every level of affluence, really. It's all middle class people in the main. Not really. Oh, are there some super rich? There's some super rich and there's some very, very poor people as well. Oh, okay. Well, that hasn't come across. It's another thing we don't discuss openly. So how rich are you? Maybe, <laughs> but it also didn't come across in the discussions you had. Yeah. So, which means that everybody has a spiritual biography that... It doesn't matter. You know, it's not influenced by necessarily by your um, by your wealth. Yeah. So that's interesting. In terms of spiritual systems, I'm not sure there is such a big range. Most of the people you've talked to are Buddhisty, New Agey. A few are Christians. There have been a few who are devout. Yeah. Some are lapsed Christians. Maybe one or two lapsed Catholics. Maybe you should think about asking a Catholic priest or some other minister to, for, to, to interview one of those. That'll be interesting. You don't think so? My mind is just racing who and how do I get hold of them? Look in the phone book and you ask them. <laughs> Hello, don't you know, dude. <laughs> don't you know the Green, oh. Green Market Square priest? Yeah, I know him, but not good enough to walk up to him and ask him to come and talk to him on a podcast. Why not? That's possibly my biggest problem, is I'm, I struggle to get people to talk to me on the podcast, for the podcast. Well, let's just delve into that. Firstly, do you struggle 
to think of people to ask? I struggle to get people to commit to talking to me. Do you ask them and they say no? Or do you ask them and they say yes and then they don't show up? Or do you feel... Some I ask and they say no. Yes. And those I'm completely fine with. Okay. It's completely okay. I understand that you pre would prefer not to. And the no reasons are quite weird. It's normally I believe I don't have anything to contribute mm. or I don't like the sound of my voice. Yeah. Many people don't. Yeah. But, and well. I, 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 I respect the no, but I get a lot of yes, I'm more than willing. But when I start pushing to make an appointment, yeah. I, I get no commitment. Yes. Well, and maybe, maybe that's how it goes. Maybe that is how it um, goes. I don't know. I think in any case, you should always be way ahead with many, asking many more people than you can really take. Yeah. And bargaining, bargaining on the fact that only one third will say yes and yeah. show up. I think that's fine. Um, I wonder in a sense if I'm judgmental. That I, that I ask people whose sense of spirituality I approve of. I approve of yes. or I connect with or I see. Well, if I don't connect with it, I don't acknowledge it and therefore I, I, I don't ask to speak to the person. Yes. I've asked a friend the other day who is dogmatically mm -hmm. the most unspiritual person can think of. Yes. And he immediately <laughs> agreed to talk to me. First of all, I was surprised that I asked. Okay. And then... Okay, I'll just fetch the cat. Because, <laughs> because he's scratching the, very the desk. And <laughs> yes, he's looking for attention. You asked a friend and he's... And he said yes. Okay. And I said to him that it's quite weird that I asked you because kind of it's not the type of thing that I ever thought I would discuss with you. And he said, the thing is we all have a story. Yeah. And I think I judge people beforehand mm. whether I think these stories worth listening to or not. Yes. And that's not for me to judge. I must be far more open-minded yes. and decide, not decide for my listeners what I think they want to hear. Yes, I agree. You should, in some sense, be unbiased as a yeah. host. Yes, um, and that I'm definitely not. You want to present a range, a wide range of yeah. spiritualities. But also the podcast is about spir spiritual journeys. So if you haven't had one, then what are you going to talk about? <laughs> well, I haven't. I talk about my most frequent <laughs> guest. Um, no, I think that it's not about spiritual journeys because maybe there is no such thing. I think it's about um, life journeys. And you, almost all your guests have had these experiences that shape their outlook on life and the way they feel about life. And that can't help but shape what they call their spirituality, what, you know, how they connect with the world and beyond, something beyond the world or in the world. So that it doesn't have to be a spiritual journey. It's just a life journey. And as the, your friend said, everyone has a life story to tell. But I would think it's particularly boring, apart from me, to have a guest that says, this is my life story and I'm not spiritual at all. <laughs> End of conversation. Yeah. 
So, what are you going to do? Convince them that they are spiritual? <laughs> exactly. Um, Pull something out of them. That's <laughs> just not there. Yeah, I don't think on-air revelation is in the works. Jakusa, something that popped into my head now suddenly is mm. since our last conversation, a lot of kind of, or some nasties happened in your life. Yes. Not, well, not, yeah, yes, that's true, yes. We've been yes. through quite a lot of less nice things in our lives since then. We've come very face to face with the concept of mortality in both our families. Let's just rephrase. I don't think face to face is, sounds like we were in a car accident. <laughs> okay. Both in your family and in mine, there has been illness, cancer. It's still unresolved in both cases, in the sense that treatment is ongoing and we're not sure of the outcome, but we're trying to be positive. And you're right, that was stressful. It was a nasty, as you call it. And in my case, there were also things around it, people not willing to accept it, people's um, fears and insecurities coming out that has complicated the whole situation. Also, to to be entirely frank about this, my parents are disinclined to accept any help. <laughs> and they need it. But we think, or my take is it that they seriously think they need, need it to get through all their issues, and it's a bit of a it's a bone of contention. And then also in your family, there has been um, mental problems. <laughs> Does any of your family suffer from mental illness? Oh no, they didn't. They, they seem enjoy to enjoy it, it thoroughly. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the mental ones enjoy it thoroughly, but the the standbys. It was really. I was very surprised about how how it drained me, and that's what I want to talk about. Is I found it very difficult to be of support to you because I didn't. It's as if I didn't have a. What's the word I'm looking for? A basis of... Standing. Yeah. Authority in the case, or the right yeah, to like be involved. With my mother and her sister who has cancer, you know, I can talk to her contextually about her religious beliefs, and she can pray, and she can do X, Y, and Z, and that makes her feel better, and that gives her strength. As girl also mentioned, you know, the opium for the masses. But... At least she, she goes to bed at night and, and she can kind of... Yeah, that's her source of yeah. um, consolation and yeah. that's her reserve. Yeah, but for you it, it was different because... Because I'm I, not codependent. It's not as if I can, <laughs> I can quote you Newton and you'll feel better. <laughs> not, not that I can quote Newton. <laughs> but which you quote, exactly. Well, Newton did have a few very nice sayings. Probably the most famous is that if I have seen further than further than others, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. Ah. Which is a very nice and modest thing to say, except when you learn that his big rival was Hook, and Hook was a relatively short man. Okay. <laughs> and he was really saying that I'm above Hook. And I'm <laughs> well, I have discovered the most, the most scientific saying I've ever found. Before you tell me that, let me tell you the punchline. Yes. There's a f- computer scientist, but I forget his name now. Oh, um, no. And he, 
your sarcasm has been noted. He <laughs> said you never that, forget anything. He said that <laughs> if I've not seen as far as others, it's because giants were standing on my shoulders. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> well, it's not bitchy, but it's funny inversion of Newton saying. So, mm. Sorry, you were going to say that... I was just going to say that the most scientific saying I've heard this past few years of my life, which lies like in the past 51, is yes. the argument that the world is definitely not flat. Yes. <laughs> which is Because had it been flat, the cats would have pushed everything off the side already. So I love that. <laughs> I completely buy into it. <laughs> I think it is more cat appeal than science appeal. But <laughs> I think that is the closest to science I can get. So, Good. so how do you deal with with the stuff that happened well let me i'll be completely honest and you can edit it out or keep it in my brother and sister and i went to talk to my folks about getting help there are various issues and we had this not exactly an intervention but this really honest conversation with them and during the conversation Things got really emotional. People got worked up. And I found myself immensely worked up. I mean, you gave me some advice beforehand about how to deal with certain situations, explaining that sometimes people's reaction comes out of a place of fear or anger, and I should... Tap into where the place comes from and not the emotion. I, I can handle that in various ways. But... All of that just disappeared out of my head during the conversation. You get so emotionally yeah. wrapped up and worked up that you get angry, you get frustrated, all goes by the wayside. Sad? Um, no. Were you not sad at all? No. No? No. Okay. Because I'll, apart from that one experience, I have been amazingly, I amazed myself, amazingly distant and removed from all these issues. Apart from one aspect, which you don't know about, which I'll tell you in a sec. But I have not experienced much stress about the problems that my folks are having at all. My father's having treatment for cancer, and there's a lot of things going on. There have been complications. Uh, it's difficult to make arrangements because they live far away. They kind of need support, but they don't want it. And... I have not been stressed by that at all. And I think it's partly because my siblings are there with me. We're all handling it as best we can. And at the end of the day, my folks are adults who are responsible for their own health and they must make their own decisions. I'll help them. I'll suggest things and uh, I'll support them as much as I can. But I'm not going to be upset about it. And I'm not. And it, I'm not stressed about it at all, amazingly. But the one thing that I have experienced, one other emotion in this whole thing, is that when my f dad was in the hospital here and I went to visit him quite frequently, we just chatted. And I got a lot of joy out of that. Okay. And especially when he asked me to <laughs> rub his feet and his legs with some kind of salve that made them more comfortable. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed massaging his feet and watching him squirm and enjoy it also. And it was a, I wouldn't say bonding experience, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. And so that was a very positive 
thing I got out of this whole experience. Where does my reserve come from? I don't know. I'd like, I like to say I'm not codependent, but everyone is to some extent. And in many ways, I, I am <laughs> just like other people, somewhat codependent. But, I mean, you can verify that I'm not really yeah. that bad. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that I think my sister-in-law and I are far more codependent than, than all three of you. Because, oh, we, yes, because yes. we really got frustrated, we got angry, we dove in and we tried to do things. And mm. yeah, there, there was a lot of frustration from our side because we've refused to accept our powerlessness. Well, you seem to just accept that you're powerless over this and, and that's okay. Well, I don't. Well, yeah. Don't have to make it sound so derivative. No, not at all. <laughs> We're I mean, not that, a very emotional family. But but what I'm trying to say is mm-hmm. you are powerless. Yes, we are. Yeah. Of course. And you accept that. Mm. Well, I am as powerless as you are, but I don't accept it. And that makes me frustrated. Yeah. And, and that's the, the problem with your sister-in-law as well. As well. She, I think she feels the same. Mm. Well, you seem to just accept it. Well, I don't want to have regrets. So I try to do the right thing. I try my best in this situation. And it's difficult to always know what the right thing is. But apart from that, it doesn't help to get upset. It's not my fight. I'm not going to fight someone else's fight for them. If my dad doesn't want treatment, but, but he does. But if he didn't, that's his banana. Yeah. In some sense, not my baby. He must take... If he doesn't take ownership of it, yeah. it's never going to work. So he must take ownership of his own treatment. And the That's same another non-codependent mother. statement. Thank you. <laughs> and, the same, and the same goes for my mother, that she must take ownership of uh, her issues. And it's not, they're not mine to, to take on. So I, I don't. It's not that I refuse to. I simply don't. Whereas you and Alet, you are more involved. It seems somehow that you're more... F- family <laughs> oriented <laughs> than we are in the sense that you know we we did live together but we lived together as adults all five of us in my family and we all lived our own lives so we didn't live vicariously through each other yeah. or you know we we were independent we didn't live each other's lives yeah, for me, it's that, that thing of, of acceptance. And, and that I find, since I've been working the, the program in codependence, mm-hmm. I, I see how I make my life unmanageable by not accepting the fact that I'm powerless over other people. And that's what step one says in CODA, is, is we accept that we are powerless over others. Yeah. And I get so angry and so frustrated because I can't control other people. I can't manipulate the outcome that I want. Because yes. people will always do as they believe is right. Yes. And that's not necessarily what I believe is right. Yes. And that's wrong. Yes. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> it's not supposed to be like that. And not in the world according to Freddie. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing that comes up for me is that you say that listening to all these people's spiritual journeys. Yes. Was there anything you found intriguing about listening to these journeys? Intriguing. Let's see. Was there anything that you felt I would like to investigate that myself? I would like to learn more about that? No. Not at all? No. Except for meditation. 
See, I don't have a clear definition of spirituality. Yeah. That's that's my issue, and I don't think I want one. I don't care for it. But meditation is a little bit on the edges of my conception of the world, because many people would say it's a spiritual practice, and uh, it's part of their spirituality, and it is an active part of many religious systems. Yeah, Buddhism. Clearly, obviously, it's the central part of Buddhism. Meditation, become reaching Nirvana. That's all yeah. part of the central tenet of Buddhism, and also, but also Indian, Indian religions. Mm. And you could argue that even Western religions, Christianity, has aspects of meditation, being in church, being part of the the congregation. The hymns you sing. Those girls very explained as well. Um, like the chant, the monks, the chant. Yeah. Yeah. You get to a certain frequency. Yes. Meditation is also a physical exercise. I mean, the whole idea is that it's a mental exercise that influences your physical state. Yeah. I still want to do, get serious about meditation. I've downloaded and listened to some guided meditation and I find it unfulfilling at the moment. I want the dummy's guide to the IT nerd's guide <laughs> to meditation. <laughs> so were there any podcasts that you felt you could really relate to? There's two that comes to mind. Yeah, well, tell, yeah tell me what you think. There's two that comes to mind for me that, that you should have been able to relate to very, very clearly. Yes. One was the entrepreneur. Just remind me which um, one. That was Sam, with his very cognitive connection with spirituality. Yeah, I like and, that. And a very intellectual. I enjoyed that podcast. Take on his spirituality. I did um, enjoy it. Yes. And then the other one was the father Daniel. Who oh yes. Who calls himself a spiritual atheist? Yes. It was more. It was more difficult to connect. Maybe it was difficult to think to either of them because they both have children, don't they? Yeah. And they mentioned that, and I think that was part of their yeah. life experience. I don't have children, and I think that puts Boys, you... Boys, cats, <laughs> hear that, listen to that. You are not counted. <laughs> I think that puts you in a different category, a different mm-hmm. tribe. Yeah, but I did like those podcasts a lot. I wouldn't say I identified with them. No. We have started listening to a podcast... <laughs> Yes, we have. <laughs> About the internet and memes and technical prob- tech problems. And I identify with those people a lot, strongly. Yeah. Because they're much more clued up, clued into and understand. some things than I am. But they are my kind of people. Yeah, It's amazing to watch you as you get excited while listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there are some things that I really don't understand. But then some episodes I really get. In some sense, it's a show about flow. It's a show about knowledge flowing from people who know about one thing to people who don't know. In some sense, your podcast is a conversation between equals. Or, put it a different way, it's two people meeting on an equal level talking about one spirituality. And uh, there is a bit of a reveal, but... There's not that dramatic tension necessarily. <laughs> but so, that's fine. I mean, listening to a conversation, a good conversation between two friends is wonderful. Mm. It's it's ideal 
material for a podcast, I think. So what I'm hearing is that there's one thing that you got intrigued by mm-hmm. a bit more, and that is meditation. Mm. So is there anything that you've learned? Well, I learned a lot of facts about our, some people's backgrounds, but nothing much more. <laughs> I'd say no. But if I think about what a, you, a, a podcast like The Artist, yes, the spiritual practices that he got involved in, that Mark got involved in, fascinated me. The, the intensity of those. And at some stages, I nearly felt the, the spiritual risks he took. Like that, that one practice mm-hmm. he spoke about where you nearly kind of um, mirrored a death experience. Mm-hmm. That freaked me the fuck out. Like, oh my God, no. Definitely not. Oh. Girl in my conversation about breath work. Mm. The intensity of that, for instance. Yes, I mean, of course. I mean, there are many experiences you can have that is very powerful. I think going to a therapist is powerful for some people, maybe for everybody. If you delve into your own psyche and clean up, you know, your filters, clean out the drain a little bit in your own life, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that when you meditate a lot or maybe with breath work, as in with hypnosis, your brain can go into a different state and you can feel, you can experience things, you have emotions that are way out of the norm, that are powerful, that affect you. And, you know, from a scientific point of view, uh, those things are real. Yeah. There are many of them. There are various kinds. I wasn't astounded by them and I think they were it's, it's fine to experience them. Maybe they're not for everybody, but some of them are. Like I said, I think meditation is also kind of in that category and yeah. something I want to try because I know that many people say, many people I trust say that that kind of feedback into your back into your physical life yeah. for stress reduction, maybe for better health, maybe just a better attitude towards better life. Better sleep. Better sleep patterns. Something that you can definitely gain yes. by. <laughs> um, but, so... I don't know what you were hearing, but what I'm hearing from myself is that I think I would love to hear some episodes that talk about meditation and kind of like beginner's guide to meditation. Maybe you should try to find some meditation experts and uh, chat to them. But yeah. just a podcast devoted to how do I start to meditate? Okay. Preferably by a scientist. <laughs> a meditation scientist? Not a meditation scientist, a real scientist. God, so if we have any scientist out here who meditate, please contact me, I want to talk to you. There was an article, you should put a link on, an article on the BBC about one of their presenters, maybe it was ITV, one of their presenters who said for years he avoided meditation because it had all these connections to spiritual... I know a lot of Christians find meditation intimidating. They they say it's against their religion. But then this guy, he wrote an article saying, then he tried it out on his own in a non-spiritual way. He started meditating and he only did a few minutes every morning. And he found amazing benefits coming out of that practice. So that kind of approach and attitude, I mean, that doesn't negate the spiritual aspect of it. It's just that I think it's more accessible to everybody to say, look, here is a, a form of exercise, which is what it really is, relaxing your body, breathing in a certain way, maybe even listening to 
relaxing music or some narrative. And if you commit to this and you do it, you do it regularly, that'll feed back into your physical, but yeah. also your emotional um, health. And hearing people talk about that, maybe describing their own experiences, but you know, going in depth in that would be fascinating, I think. Okay. That's one thing I'd love to hear. I think you should have a few religious ministers on. Be interesting to hear their take on spirituality. If it's not too ceremony, if you can get a hip priest, it would be nice to hear. But a hippie priest. Not a hippie priest. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who. So if you've got any hip priests listening, please contact me. <laughs> but let me ask you a few questions. Oh as God. I did last time. How do you feel about the podcast? Is it a slog? Because I know it's hard work. Do you find it fulfilling? Do you get a kick out of the episodes? Do you get a kick out of posting them? Do you get a lot of feedback? I don't like. I don't like the setting up of the appointments. Mm-hmm. And they're talking to people to convince them to talk to me. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoy the chatting. I really enjoy the editing. Because it's during, because as in a normal conversation, while you talk, a lot of information falls by the wayside. But in the editing, I'm intricately involved in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't edit a lot, though. Mm-hmm. The only editing that I do is to make it shorter or to take out some really incriminating stuff or to take out some very irritating stuff. <laughs> it's like the ums and the ahs and the, yeah. and those type of things. Invariably after a conversation, I feel very excited. I feel rejuvenated. I invigorated. Feel inv- invigorated. Energized. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. So, so, so that I really love. Has it changed your spirituality or not really? Yes, it has changed my spirituality. It's made me far more aware and I think in a way far more tolerant of other views than my own. Because I am, I think one of my biggest defects as a person is judgmentalism. I very, very easily judge what I can't identify with and... The whole principle of this podcast is to get all these views out there. So Mm. if I'm willing to present the view, then I need to be completely open-minded. So I find the open-mindedness that I have to practice in bringing this out, I find that fascinating. And that has definitely worked. I'm far more open-minded. I'm far more tolerant of other people's views, of other people's takes, of what works for other people. And... It might not work for me. I'm not even willing to look at it. But I'm definitely willing to listen to you and absorb it. Yeah. So in that regard, yes, it's strange my spirituality. So as of today, you have become a little bit more open-minded as regards to meditation. But we're not going to drag you into a circle spiritual right yet. (laughs) What's a circle spiritual right? I, don't know. Spring. I was I was going to say a church and I thought I don't want to freak you the fuck out. <laughs> so all I could think of people standing in a circle and doing some form of right. <laughs> Sounds ominously sexual. Um, <laughs> no, soggy biscuit is not the spiritual right. <laughs> I don't think a church is for me. I'll tell you something else. 
at the tail end of this conversation. When I was in church as a young boy, I felt like a fraud. I couldn't feel this religion that as people well. around me felt. And I felt guilt about mm. having to fake it. And I felt pressure to fake it. Yeah. And the worst emotion I felt is that feeling of deluding yourself that you are feeling it but then knowing that you're getting yourself but then telling yourself no I'm not and you know it's almost an internal fight about yeah. am I religious or am I not religious I'm a Christian no you're not really a Christian that kind of deception yeah. was uh, I felt very much the same unpleasant not not it didn't rule my life it didn't ruin my life yeah. at all but I think it's common and did you go through to the lev- to the level of getting confirmed? As you know, I'm a bit of an overachiever. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> I attended what's called catechisms. My deal with my parents are that uh, were that I would stay in church, be confirmed, and then I can judge for myself. Okay. And in retrospect, I think that's a great approach. I think they did the right thing because I got this good church education, this good religious education. So don't, I mean, some of, clearly, obviously some of it has faded. I can't recite most of the Bible anymore, or could ever, but I still retain a lot of general knowledge about at least one sect of Christianity, their approach. So, yeah, I'm not, I don't regret it too much, but I think it's a bit of a, it was a bit of a pity. Okay. A bit of waste of time. Yeah. Anyway, Yaku, thanks for chatting to me. So hopefully it's always during, a pleasure. I love doing this. Hopefully during our next conversation, yes. you would have had some form of aha alertness that you can't wait to share with us. Well, if you organize meditation podcasts, I'll do a little meditation course. I'll do a little experiment. And I'll report back on how, how I found it. Thank you very much for nothing. <laughs> I always jokingly tell Yaku's family that they did not warn me loudly and seriously enough before I married Yaku. As you can hear, he is not an easy customer and not easily pleased. He has very definite views on things and I'm not simply persuaded. I consequently sometimes desist from even trying. I sometimes disagree from his views, but for the sake of keeping the podcast a manageable length and guarding my own sanity, as well as energy reserves, I just rather agree. Yaku loves a good debate and frankly, so do I. But as I age, I get better at choosing my battles. I was hoping that, by this episode, which is the 28th one, Meet Me in the Field would have had some spiritual impact on Yaku. I reckon I look at this as a counsellor and trying to gauge if Meet Me in the Field is bringing about some form of changing Yaku's views of spirituality. So far, I reckon I should give myself a 1 out of 10. But I realise that I'm neither making Meet Me in the Field to please Yaku, nor to constantly be affirmed by how many lives it is changing. This is my project and the listenership is growing. For as long as that is the case, I'm happy to continue bringing it to the internet. I'm taking Yaku's suggestions to heart and I'm not only planning a meditation podcast, but I'm also connecting to some clergies to come and talk to us. I'm looking forward to see if and how that pans out. I think it can be quite interesting. If you have any feedback or remarks, please feel free to pop me an email 
or connect on social media. It will be great to hear from you. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash freddy.org.za or on Twitter at at Freddy. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank you for your support. Be safe. Bye.